This message is a continuation of the message from CD number one. If you don't have CD number one, please go to the undergroundchristiannetwork.com and download Benny Hinn and Beyond, the Word Faith Movement's Hidden Agenda. CD edition number one. We now continue where CD one left off. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. I hope you all are beginning to see what this so-called anointing that this word faith group has is not the power of God. God would not inspire somebody to go up there on the platform and make fun of his word while the people laugh hysterically at the word of God. There is no edification. There is no building up of God's people. This is all just making a mockery, making the Bible appears to be just a useless piece of paper as these guys are up there making a joke out of it. This ain't the only time he's done that. The Joker is also known for casting a spell known as Mute. For those who've done research into witchcraft and so forth, uh, you're familiar with the spell of Mute, where you can stop a person from being able to speak. And no matter how hard they try, they can't say anything unless you release them from the spell. Well, the Joker, Rodney Howard Brown, is known for casting that kind of a spell on ministers who disapprove of what he does. But in this particular instance, Mute comes back to haunt the Joker. He gets up to make a mockery of the Word of God, and suddenly he loses his ability to speak while the crowd is hysterically laughing at him. Take a listen to this. Along this line, we see in the book of Ezekiel chapter 8 and verse 1, it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, and the, well,
That's what I was trying to say. If you've never had that happen to you, it, it's real. That doesn't happen to me often. But it is the power of God come on you. I saw all the words. I knew what I wanted to say. But you just can't say it. It's almost like you're just in God. These are just some of the examples of this word faith movement and what it is and what it does making a mockery of the word of God but this mockery of the word of God is not limited to the joker there's another character I've heard a while back about something called the Toronto blessing and I had gotten some uh, video from this Toronto blessing and one thing I can certainly say is that I was not blessed by what I heard or saw I want you to take a few moments to take a listen to this man by the name of John Scotland who claims to be under the power of the Holy Ghost, demonstrating the same kind of power as the Joker, making people laugh at the expense of God's Word, and they're claiming that this is the Holy Ghost. Now this Toronto blessing, so-called, had people mooing like cows, waving their arms like birds, uh, rolling on the floors. Uh, I mean, it's absolutely out of control, and this man is going to be a manifestation of those. Ask yourself if a person like this was to get up in the pulpit of your church, how long would it be before you made him sit down? Take a listen to John Scotland of the Toronto Blessing. Okay, now, before we take off. You know, before we go surfing, let's get the reading done. Luke! Luke! <laughs> Chapter 2! I tell you what, let's look at chapter 1. Settle down now, please, ladies and gentlemen. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. Let's go back to the reading. Luke chapter 1. This, this, this. 
For those of you having difficulty with that manifestation, like myself, that's a wake-up call. Zacharias was in the sanctuary when suddenly Zacharias was a member of the division of the temple service. One day as Zacharias was going about his work in the temple, verse 10, praying, praying, For I have come to tell you that God has heard your prayer. Whoa. Whoa. Now settle down, ladies and gentlemen, settle down. I, you know, I, I, I've been going through different stages of drunkenness, and the stage I'm at at the moment is slouching. I've gone through the hiccup stage. I've gone through the phase of heckling the preachers. <clears throat> I am a sign and a wonder. Well, that's just an example, as you've heard various points in this man's so-called sermon, making a mockery of the Word of God, animal noises, uh, things that are just completely inappropriate for a church service. And the crowd, the audience, just going nuts and bonkers and laughing. And where's the edification? And this is one of the movements that supposedly started it all, the Toronto Blessing. The question is, what is this anointing that these people have that makes them do these things and then turn around and say, it's the Holy Ghost making them do these things? I think as you're beginning to hear these things, you're beginning to understand this is not the Holy Spirit of God. This is another spirit altogether that these people are operating under. 
This anointing is not reserved for the men. The women get this anointing too. But before I play this clip, I'm going to have to ask that if you have young children, that you remove them from the room because you don't want them repeating what you're about to hear. What you're about to hear is an audio of Benny Hinn's wife teaching under this so-called anointing. I want to set the stage so you can understand what's happening. She's on the platform. She's pacing back and forth like a tiger in a cage. She's going faster and faster as she continues to present this message. There are men standing behind her, but they do nothing as she says these things but laugh and clap. When she gets finished, she just collapses there on the stage, supposedly under the power of this anointing. But as you hear this, you need to ask yourself, is this really the Holy Spirit making her say this, or is there another spirit at work? Take a listen to Benny Hen's wife. You know what? My engine's revving to go. It's revving up. How about yours? And if it's not, you know what? If your engine is not revving up, you know what you need? You need a Holy Ghost enema right up your rear end. She will not tolerate anything else. Hey, I've never seen this side of you. Let me tell you something. Whoa. When you allow the Spirit of God and you don't worry about man's opinion. Because you know what? It's what God cares. It's what He thinks. Be God pleasers. Don't be people pleasers. Because if you're a people pleaser, you're a bet kisser. If you're a people pleaser, you're a bet kisser. And there's no other word for it. I mean, let's, hey, you know what? I think that English, sitting by those English down here, hey, I'm English too. I think that English sense of humor, because we tend to see things a little bit more comical than most people. But you know, like I said, you know, we don't have no, no more time. I said to Wendy, we have no more time. Wendy, let me tell you something. You have no more time to even worry about your stinking high heels. Because you know what? We can't keep up with what God's doing. He's moving quickly. You better take them off. Take them off. And get them off. And get your combat boots on. Because he's revving. It's revving up. It's revving up. Run with the clouds. Run with the clouds. Run with the clouds. Now, for those of you interested, the video of what you just heard is available online for anybody who wants to see it. This became a rather popular clip. Just go to a search engine and type in Benny Hinn's wife, and it'll pop up there for you. And uh, download it to your hard drive just in case uh, they decide someday to take it off. You'll have evidence that it actually did happen. I think you're beginning to see what I'm talking about. There's a lot about this word faith movement that you don't see when you turn on your Christian cable station or your Christian radio station. By the time it reaches your television or your radio, things have been sanitized and cleaned up and they don't let you see the real side of this movement. But that's what you're getting right here. 
what these people are teaching, the kind of anointing these people are under, the things that they say under these anointings. Let me touch on the anointings a little bit further. Benny Hinn is one of the biggest names in this movement, and I want you to hear right from his own mouth where he says he gets his anointing from. He believes that he is the heir apparent of an anointing from a woman by the name of Catherine Kuhlman. I want you to take a listen to this next audio as he brags about the fact that he's one of the few people in the world that has a key to her grave. That's correct. You see, he talks about going to the cemetery to where she's buried and where another woman is buried named Amy Semple McPherson. And he claims that the anointing lingers at their grave. And when he's there, he claims to hear from God and gets an anointing. Just take a listen. The anointing lingers. One of the strangest experiences I had a few years ago visiting Amy's tomb in California. This Thursday, I'm on TBN. Friday, I'm going to go and visit Catherine Kuhlman's tomb. It's close by Amy's in Forest Lawn Cemetery. I've been there once already, and every so often I like to go and pay my respects because this great woman of God has touched my life. And the grave uh, where she's buried is closed. They built walls around it. You can't get in without a key, and I'm one of the very few people who can get in. But I'll never forget when I saw Amy's tomb. It's a incredibly dramatic. She was such a lady that her tomb has seven-foot angels bowing on each side of the, the, her tomb with a gold chain around it. As, as incredible as it is that someone would die with angels bowing on each side of her grave, I felt a terrific anointing when I was there. I actually, I, I hear this, I trembled when I visited Amy's tomb. I was shaking all over, God's part came all over me. The man with me and I was shaking. Norm, who worked with, with Miss Kuhn for years, took me there. And Norman and I were trembling under the part of God. I said, dear God, I said, I feel the anointing. I began to weep. And on another occasion, Benny Hinn, once again, talking about his journeys to the cemetery to visit the tombs, he makes this statement live in front of his congregation. The Lord spoke to me this morning. But I was standing in the cemetery. Well, the Lord said, I'm increased the anointing on your life. So he says, the Lord spoke to him while he was standing in that cemetery and told him, I'm increasing your anointing. So now you're understanding where he gets his power from. Do you really believe this is the power of the Holy Ghost when you have to go to a cemetery to get it? I think you need to really evaluate what this movement is and where it gets its power from. Would the Holy Spirit make a man falsely prophesy? Would the Holy Spirit make men make a mockery of the Word of God? Would the Holy Spirit make women do the things that you've heard? And there's more. How many times have you heard Benny Hinn at one of his crusades tell people they've been healed? A lot of times, haven't you? But now you're going to get the rest of the story. 
Benny Hinn was interviewed by one of the news organizations, and this is what he had to say. Now, I want you to think back for a moment. When Bill Clinton was president and he got caught with the intern, and rather than confessing that he was wrong, he decided to try to cover it up. And some of you may remember he got on the television in front of his buddies in the news media and pounded on the table and said, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Remember that? I want you to listen very closely to Benny Hinn doing the exact same thing when he is questioned about whether or not these healings are real or fake. I do not say to the individual, you're healed. They're telling me they've been healed. So we're not the ones claiming they've been healed. They're the ones claiming they've been healed. What you're going to see is that Benny Hinn has a habit of changing his story whenever he gets caught doing something wrong. Now, has Benny Hinn ever claimed that people have been healed? Well, remember, he says under the anointing he's not even in control. So clearly, this can't be the Holy Spirit. There's something else that takes control of him, it appears. So he doesn't remember, I guess, saying these things. I believe, Ferguson, you are healed by the power of God. The disease, dear lady, has just died and you will live. The Lord is healed you. And there's tons and tons of more. Some of you who've been to Benny Hinn's shows knows it all the time. He stands up there and says, somebody's been healed of AIDS. Somebody's been healed of a blood disease. Somebody's been healed of a brain tumor. Somebody's been healed of this. Somebody's been healed of that. You'll notice he never says, somebody's coming with one leg and you'll leave with two. Or somebody's coming with one arm and you'll leave with two. It's always something like AIDS or a blood disease or something you can't see with the naked eye. And here's some more from a video called... The Spirit of Truth and the Spirit of Error. I want you to hear about one of the ladies who was in one of his crusades who ended up getting killed. So you see about these slaying in the spirit episodes that he does where he knocks people over, knocks rows and rows of people over without ever touching them. Well, what ended up happening in this particular case, I think you'll find very interesting. Take a listen from the Spirit of Truth and the Spirit of Error video. I think of the story of Ella Papad, a woman who was crushed by somebody who was supposedly slain in spirit by Benny Hinn. Now most of the slain in the spirit practice you see today has no agreement whatsoever with the scripture when that phenomenon happens. I myself am a Pentecostal, moderately speaking. But you know, any time in the Bible when people were slain in the spirit, they always went forward. The only time they ever went backward was when they came to arrest Jesus and it was a judgment. Yet at one of Benny Hinn's meetings, not only did someone fall backward, but they fell onto Ella Papard, an elderly woman who was crushed and killed. Benny Hinn settled out of court. We have documentary evidence, interviews with family members of people pronounced healed in the name of Jesus by Benny Hinn who are now dead. Not only has he pronounced people healed who are now dead, but Ella Papard would be alive if she's not gone to Benny Hinn to begin with. She is dead because of one of his meetings. So I'd like to remind you, the next time you go to a Benny Hinn show or you see it on television and you see him slaying people in the spirit in mass quantities, you need to ask yourself, how many people out there just got hurt? A lot of people end up getting hurt when he does that, but it's never reported on Trinity Broadcasting, and it's never reported on the cable networks or on your radio programs. It's very important that you understand what's going on. He's using occult 
power. You heard where he gets his anointing from. I don't see God going to a cemetery to meet someone to give them an anointing. Okay? Many instances this man has had where he claims the dead is speaking to him, Catherine Kuhlman speaking to him, this person speaking to him, angels appearing to him, all these kinds of things. How can you believe what this man says when he has a history of making up a story and then changing the story to the opposite later on and then going back again? Such as his statement on the Trinity. Some of you may be familiar with this, some of you may not. Take a listen to Benny Hinn and what he has to say about the Holy Trinity. God the Father, ladies and gentlemen, is a person and he is a triune being by himself, separate from the Son and the Holy Ghost. So what did you say? Hear it, hear it, hear it. See, God the Father is a person. God the Son is a person. God the Holy Ghost is a person. But each one of them is a triune being by himself. If I can shock you, and maybe I should, there's nine of them. What did you say? Let me explain. God the Father, ladies and gentlemen, is a person with his own personal spirit with his own personal soul and his own personal spirit body you say oh, I never heard that well, you think you're in the church to hear things you heard for the last 50 years now you've just heard him clearly say that there is nine in the trinity he's brought on trinity broadcasting network to stand or sit before the Jack of Spades, Paul Crouch. So you got the Mystic Wizard and the Jack of Spades. Now remember, the Jack of Spades is the cover man. When these men do wrong, the Jack of Spades will tend to cover for them every single time. This teaching that there is nine in the Trinity is unscriptural and heresy. But is the Jack of Spades going to call them on it? Take a listen as Benny Hinn tries to sidestep the issue and listen to the Jack of Spades cover for him by saying, hmm, I wonder where they came up with that charge from. Let's talk a little bit about theology now. Uh, these are issues that uh, I consider to be up for debate, discussion, uh, within the broad spectrum of the body of Christ. You don't have total agreement on, uh, for example, the Trinity. Uh, there is a group, the Jesus only group, or the oneness group, that believes that there's only one, you know, person. That's... Anyway, we won't get into that deeply into the doctrinal aspect, but you have been uh, attacked on some statements that you have made concerning the Especially Trinity and the here. members of the Godhead. How right. many are there in the Godhead? Three. Three. Simply three. Not nine. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Where did that silly charge come from? They've said so much about this, this thing that it almost became comical. Paul, here's what I believe. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Three separate individuals. One in essence, one in work, and may I add, each one of them possesses his own spirit body. 
That's what I believe. If you don't like it. So now you're seeing how it works. When these ministers, so-called, goes out there and teaches something that is clearly not scriptural, they go before the jack of spades, they know the jack of spades will cover for them, and they go right back out teaching the old same old thing. It's one of the weirdest things, but this is how their machine works. It's such a well-oiled machine that it's downright slippery. Let me give you one more. Benny Hinn claimed that at one of his crusades, something absolutely amazing happened. But then, when he was brought before an interview, before the news media, all of a sudden, his story changed again. Take a listen. I was in Ghana recently, preaching one night. They brought a man, and this man was put uh, uh, on the platform, and he was dead. The man was dead. And uh, it was a very scary thing because nobody told me he was dead. So you didn't know he was dead? I did not know he was dead. Oh, my, oh, my. So what happened? What happened is while I was ministering, you know, I was praying for the, for the sick. Yeah. And uh, I was looking back and forth saying, what's my name, what's my name? And they tell me, well, she was healed of this, she was healed of that. Well, the reason I did not know he was dead because after maybe he had fainted. Mm -hmm. Now, I saw his body being picked up, you know, from hand to hand to put him on the stage, mm -hmm. but but the people knew he was dead because of what he was wearing. Oh, and you had no idea? No, I, I mean, no, nobody told me that the dead were what they, they had on him. No, no. And I remember him wearing like a very pale-looking garment, you know, very yeah. gray, pale-looking thing. Mm -hmm. And and he was, they put him down, I thought maybe he had fainted. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly the crowd became very restless. And I was praying, I remember praying with the lady with arthritis, and I was asking her to move her arms up and down, and suddenly the place went, the people went, went, went wild, almost out of control. And I thought, well, it's only arthritis, you know, because after it was already healing, they got them all going. Yeah, yeah. But what I did not know is behind my back, the man was getting up and moving. Oh, my, oh, my. Yeah, I was in Ghana just recently. We had half a million people show up. And a man was raised from the dead on the platform. That's a fact, people. Okay, before I play his interview with the news reporter, I want you to listen again. What did he just say? He claimed at a crusade. He described the guy's clothes. He described the, 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 the color of the guy's clothes. He goes into all this detail about what happened, uh, who was praying for, that it was a woman he was praying for, what ailment she had, all these things. He spells it all out. On another instance, he's talking before two uh, guys from Africa, and he's once again, uh, there's, there's a resurrection at one of my crusades, and that's a fact. He said it's a fact, right? Take a listen to his interview with the news reporter. Do you literally believe that someone has been resurrected on the program? Oh, John, I would not limit God. Uh, God can't raise the dead. Absolutely. I have not seen it. In that one case, we did hear about it. So there you see it. You see how the game is played. On the one hand, he'll say it happened. He goes into all this detail. All the while, he's making the whole thing up. You heard it earlier during his prophecy, this great big elaborate prophecy that he gave, and the prophecy didn't come to pass. This time, he's making up stories again, and he makes up stories again. How many times on the platform has he told people they were healed 
and they weren't healed. It looks good on TV, doesn't it? Oh, it looks real good on TV. You've been healed. And it hits you with the occult power and knocks you around. And whoa, and the people are going crazy. Everything looks great. Uh-huh. Then the people go home and die of the thing they were supposed to be healed of. I think we as Christians need to use discernment about this group. If you're asking whether I believe God can heal, I certainly do because I've been healed myself. But I didn't have to go to a faith healer to do it. The Bible gives you the way to be healed. If a man is sick, let him go before the elders of the church. Let him anoint his head with oil. Let him pray the prayer. There you go. He didn't say, if you're sick, put your money in the bucket. Hope you can make it on the stage so that the faith healer can touch you and slay you in the spirit. It's a whole different thing these guys are presenting. It's not scriptural. It's not biblical. It's not of God. It's bringing in all this weird occultic doctrine into the church under the name of holy this, holy laughter, slain in the spirit, glued to the floor in the spirit, these weird movements. We need to use discernment, my brothers and sisters. I don't care how glamorous it looks on television. You're getting a look behind the scenes to see what's really going on. For the people who come up on the stage and he proclaims them healed of this, healed of that, healed of cancer, healed of AIDS, how does he know? Has he seen a blood test? An interviewer asked him that, and it's very interesting, the answer that he gives. I want you to take a listen to Benny Hinn as he's being questioned about whether these so-called healings that we're seeing happening on his program every day, listen as he questions Benny Hinn about some people that he claimed was healed of AIDS. You put them on television, have you ever seen a blood test? I do know that there are individuals. Have you ever seen a blood test? No. We, who had the AIDS? Burn every bit of it. Burn every bit of it in Jesus' name. We check it the best we know how, really. You don't, you don't check it at all, Pastor. There's only one way to tell if somebody has AIDS. Oh, they have to go back to the, to the doctor and check it. And you haven't seen a single blood test. So how well can now, you I can't answer that. So next Saturday night, who are they in bed with? Thinking they don't have AIDS, they can't reinfect anybody else. Have you done those people they sleep with any good? I have given my life to help people. I'm not perfect. She was still sure x-rays would show no cancer. But we were there when she went for further tests. She has not been healed. Her kind of terminal cancer has never been known to just disappear. You say it's I'm gone. Told by my, I'm told by my staff this lady had this is gone. But there's no way and you can know I that's pray. true. Well, not with all of them. Not with most of them. No, not with all. That lady Benny is calling down from the choir didn't call her doctor either before she went home and put away her heart medicine because Benny told her God had healed her. You, you don't plan to take it? Uh, no, no, I've got a healing from the Lord. No. Look, look, look. It's not my job to call their doctor. All things are possible, a lot of the healings sound incredible, and sometimes nobody in a place seems more stunned than Pastor Benny. But no matter how incredible the cure, he will use them on his TV show, This Is Your Day, without even checking back with the individual for verification. Anybody could make up anything. Someday somebody's going to do that. And what are you going to say then? I don't know. I can't tell you now. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. 
Oh, yes, it has. Remember that woman supposedly cured of polio? Pastor Benny knows it made for a great episode of his TV show. He knows it probably helped squeeze even bigger donations from his flock. But there's something he doesn't know. Pastor, See, all I know is, Pastor, let me, let me just tell you, let me say something. Go ahead. That woman works for us. Woman doesn't have polio, never did. Then why did you say she had? We put her up there to see if he could tell her story was not true. To see if it would matter. To see if he would ever check. And you sat right here and told me a few moments ago, we never put him on television unless we checked. You never called that woman. You never called her doctor. You did no checking whatsoever. Well, she was one we missed. And speaking of missed, who missed the truth about this woman who claimed to be born profoundly deaf, unable to hear a word? And now you can hear me. Yes. There was plenty of time to thoroughly check her story before publishing his latest book, but apparently nobody bothered. In your book, the last chapter, it says Candace Brousseau was born profoundly deaf in both ears. Correct. But Candy's doctor, Howard House, he's treated her more than 35 years, and he knows Benny's claim in the book is simply not true. She was born with a very severe hearing loss. She was not born deaf. Lord, if people attack this book, let it sell more. If there's a mistake, he promises to correct it in the next printing. In Jesus' mighty name. So, Benny, is it faith or is it fraud? I'm still a human being like you. Made many mistakes, big ones, and will still make mistakes. But I really want to do better. I really want to. You are seeing an acting performance like you have never seen, folks. I tell you, there you go. I'm sure some of this comes as a surprise to many of you. Many of you have never known about a lot of the back, behind-the-scenes things that are going on with the Word Faith Movement and the Benny Hinn Show and everything. We're going to do one more news program to let you hear one more behind-the-scenes view of what happens there, and then we're going to move on to the last and final section on how they're able to keep this multi-billion dollar machine running. You'll want to know about the intimidation factor that they use to keep people quiet. But before that, we're going to play this news program. Take a listen. A leap of faith that could be deadly. A sea of supporters pays to be healed by Pastor Benny Hinn. But now critics say that some people have been hurt, not healed by the televangelist touch. In tonight's News Extra investigation, Pam Zekman exposes how a faith healer could be hurting his own flock. your brain. A touch from the hand of Pastor Benny Hinn and believers are overcome by the presence of the Lord. So strong is the feeling, they fall even if he just blows into the microphone. It's known as slaying in the spirit. Hinn prefers to call it falling under the power of God. His critics, even those who believe in faith healing, say it's not the power of God, but the power of suggestion that makes people swoon. The people are worked up into a frenzy. They know what's expected of them, and they do it. I think it is theatrical, and I think it is a gimmick. And, they say, it's dangerous. I believe it's irresponsible. People are hurt all the time, and it's, it's just never reported. But one death has been reported. An 85-year-old woman died of complications from a broken hip after a man fell on top of her at a crusade. Hinn settled a $15 million lawsuit with her family for an undisclosed amount. Take it in Jesus' name! 
That hasn't stopped him from mass slayings like this one we saw at a crusade in Minneapolis. This little girl suffered a sprained ankle, sprained knee, and torn ligaments in a crush of falling bodies. I felt like my leg was numb. I started to cry and I yelled. If I know anyone was injured, I will go personally and pray for them. Hinn claims very few people have been hurt over the years. He defends the practice of slaying in the spirit as something God does through him, and he says it's no act. People don't fall because it's, it's the part of suggestion, you know. Well, we're dealing with a greater power than electricity. That's God's power. But it's the power of television that's bringing Benny Hinn to millions of believers every day. His growing influence troubles some Christian watchdog groups. They say some of his teachings and public statements violate Christian principles. You know, I've looked for one verse in the Bible. I just can't seem to find it. One verse that said, if you don't like him, kill him. I really wish I could find it. That was Hinn's response to critics during a 1990 telethon. Now he takes it back. It was a dumb thing to say. It was a joke, but it was a dumb, dumb thing to say. And he's retracted teachings he once claimed were revelations from God after his critics denounced them as having no basis in the Bible. Every preacher I know will say or has said things that they regret. And I've had my share of things I've said that were stupid. When you say, I'm a Christian, you're saying, I am Mashiach in the Hebrew. I'm a little Messiah walking on earth, in other words. Phony faith healing, dangerous theatrical stunts, questionable theology. All of these concern the Christian critics of Benny Hinn. Worst of all, they say, is the damage done to the faith of his followers. Well, spiritually, the danger is, is that he's being led astray and that he's leading thousands astray from truth. The danger is that people are being deceived in the name of God. Pam Zekman, Channel 2 News. Listen as the mystic wizard and the jack of spades are sitting back laughing as Benny Hinn tells the story of how he entertained himself by continually slaying someone in the spirit, and he admitted that he was demonstrating this power while in the flesh, not under the anointing. Listen to this. I, I prayed for this guy, and he had a wig on. <laughs> and, and, okay, that's uh, enough. That's no, enough. wait, wait. That's <laughs> enough. <laughs> You're getting too I'm close sorry. to home. No, go ahead. I want to hear it. <laughs> and when he hit the floor, I was in a, in a church called Islington Evangel Center in Toronto. And the way the auditorium is, it goes up. So the people really couldn't see what was happening on the floor, except just a few on the front row area. When that man hit, uh, fell, his wig went poop, up like that. <laughs> And he, he reached for it with both arms and put it back on his head while on the floor. I see. So he came up and I just wanted to have a little fun, you see. So I laid hands on him again and wham, he goes down. And there goes the wig. And there he went. There he went reaching for it back on his head. And every time he did that, the wig was just a little... You know, a little uh, out of shape. So we need third, pictures of this one. Uh, third time, I laid hands on the third There he goes. And the thing flies again. Now, about the fifth or so time, and I was having, I was having a great time praying for him. This was in the spirit. Of this was in the flesh. <laughs> so now he falls. Listen to the arrogance of the guru, Kenneth Copeland, as he admits that he's told people they were healed when they wasn't. I've had people die, me standing there and saying, bless God, you ain't going to die. 
And they did anyway. And I'm glad I stood. I'm glad I stood. I'm glad I stood. But I ain't never stood for, stood for anything in my own life that didn't come to pass. I can only use my face just so far with you. So next time you turn on the shows, not just his, but various others, always question, are these things really happening? Or is it done for the cameras? A couple of videos I can prefer for you if you want to check into this. The most effective one I've seen is called The Many Faces of Benny Hen. You can find it somewhere online. It's three DVDs over six hours of one news program after another, after another, after another, after another, exposing what the Word Faith Movement, and Benny Hinn in particular, has been doing around the world. Another video I can recommend is called The Spirit of Truth or the Spirit of Error, featuring the commentary of Jacob Prash, Mike Oppenheimer, and Sandy Simpson. This is a great DVD which goes into these things. They have a lot of audio and video on there. That's a very great uh, video to have. You can get a hold of Paul Creek Ministries, Dr. Joseph Chambers. I've had the opportunity to speak with him on the telephone and touch base with him. He has a couple of great videos out there on the true anointing versus the false anointing, and a lot of them on Benny Hinn and the Word Faith Movement. Get a hold of him, Dr. Joseph Chambers, another great video. Another one is called The Signs and Wonders Movement Exposed. Great DVD also that you may want to get. Another one you'd want to get is from MacGregorMinistries.org. Laurie and Keith McGregor up in Canada. They put together a great video called Counterfeit Christians. You can hear the audio from it at the UndergroundChristianNetwork.com. Awesome stuff as they cover not only the Word Faith Movement, but a series of other cults from Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, uh, Seventh-day Adventist, Christian Science. There's quite a few that they cover on their video. So there's plenty out there if you really want to know. You can go to the undergroundchristiannetwork.com. There's plenty of audios there for you to listen to. And I would recommend you take this message, download it or whatever, just in case it's taken off because the Word Faith Movement has a way of using intimidation. They have a way of using threats to try to stop people from exposing what they're doing. And in this section of this message, the Joker, the Guru, and the Jack of Spades, you're going to hear what happens when you expose these men. They have no fear whatsoever in threatening to kill people who expose what they do. And we present to you the Intimidation Factor and the Word Faith Movement. Now, the Word Faith Movement is a well-oiled machine, as I mentioned earlier. It's so well-oiled that it's downright slippery, as I mentioned before. So in order to keep this machine running, when you have men and women in there saying some really strange things, doing very strange things, bringing into Christianity things that don't belong, you're going to need people to cover for you. That's where the Jack of Spades comes in. So here you're going to be hearing the guru the Jack of Spades and the Mystic Wizard joining forces together at their main hub known as Trinity Broadcasting. They know that when they get caught doing something wrong, they can go to the Jack of Spades and he will cover for them. So I want you to take a listen because 
they've gotten a little upset because videos have come out exposing what they're doing, audios have come out exposing what they're doing, and in this particular one, there's two books out there if you want to read a bit about what's going on in the Word Faith Movement. One is called The Seduction of Christianity. The other is called Christianity in Crisis. And when these books came out, they must have started having a financial impact on Trinity Broadcasting Network and these men's ministries. So they decided what they would do is they had to duck and cover. They had to go and find some way to discredit the people who are exposing what they're doing. So they go to the Jack of Spades, they join forces with the Jack of Spades, which isn't really hard for them to do because they're all on the same page, and he helps them to attack the people who... We're going to start off with the Mystic Wizard. Live at one of his concerts, one of his crusades, he's angry about the people that have been exposing him. So Benny Hinn decides that he would not only threaten the people who are exposing what he's doing, but he will also threaten their children. Take a listen to this. I want you to note, he says, if you love your children, you'll stop attacking Benny Hinn. What is he trying to say? What kind of intimidation is that that he's using? And he's claiming he's speaking under the anointing. But this is not the only time he's threatened to do harm to people who've exposed what he's doing. Take a listen to this. There's a group here in California that thinks they're the judgment seat of Christ. Dear God in heaven, I wish I can just... Ooh. They call out the ministry of my foot. You know, I've looked for one verse in the Bible. I just can't seem to find it. One verse that said, if you don't like him, kill him. I really wish I could find it. <laughs> you stink, frankly. That's the way I think about it. I'm sorry. I'm not exactly the normal kind of guy, you know. I'm from Israel. Sometimes I wish God give me a Holy Ghost machine gun. I'll blow your head off. Yes, doesn't sound very spiritual to me. I don't know about you. Uh, mainly when you've heard the things you've just heard, rightfully so, that people would stand up and oppose what these people are doing. Nonetheless, the threats keep right on coming. Any person who at one time was used of God or is used today, don't touch him. You will pay for it. And may I even add, your children will pay for it. And hear this, no matter how sinful the man, no matter how evil in your eyes he is, don't touch him. You are playing with fire.
Let me say something else too, and I really don't care if you like this or not. You have attacked me, your children will pay for it. If you don't like it, it honestly don't matter with me. I'm going to warn every Christian magazine, every man, every, every individual who stands behind a pulpit and attacking people by name, you are in danger. And you better repent. As if these threats aren't enough, he decides to take it before a live audience at one of his crusades. And what he does is he begins doing his thing, knocking people over, waving his hand and knocking people over. You're going to hear firsthand what happens to him under this anointing when he's in front of masses of people. Listen to his voice. Listen closely to the sound of his voice. Listen to the growling. Listen to the hissing. And ask yourself, is this really the power of the Holy Spirit that he is emitting that's knocking these people down? You're going to hear him tell the choir to take hands, to hold each other's hand, and he is going to turn toward the choir with his hand outstretched, and he's going to emit a psychic wave that's going to knock down, I counted, about 35 rows of people three aisles over, just knocking them down like dominoes. He never touched them. Then, later on that very same night, he goes over to one of these guys named Steve. This guy, Steve, is so overwhelmed, he can hardly stand up straight, and he commands Steve to prophesy. Now remember, we're dealing with the mystic wizard here. He has the power to emit forces from his hands. He goes over to Steve, who can barely stand up because these forces are so strong up there, and he touches him and begins to speak in tongues over Steve. And next thing you know, Steve is speaking in tongues, and then he tells him to interpret the tongues. But before he does, Steve goes over and grabs hands with the jack of spades, at which point Benny Hen tells Steve, turn toward the crowd and prophesy. And of course... Steve is going to prophesy cursing against those who have stood against Benny Hinn. Very well orchestrated, very well done, and sadly, a lot of people out there may have gotten hurt in the fall of bodies as he was emitting all these psychic waves and knocking people down. Take a listen. <laughs>
fire out of your mouth. Come here, Mr. Brown. Come here, come here, come here. Receive your healing. All that word is coming to you tonight. Aroka papa, life of young pakantal on me. Oh, save. Mente kintil el peso piol bokum tomara. Montil el peso piol de mi jale. Speak that prophetic word, prophet of God. Take your microphone and speak that word, prophecy. Manga, manga potete ramasu. Bless the Lord. Furi, furi parale kusapata. Andre Sushepatu, Rishibare Kapasa, Purepakasundiapakisipanepe. Tell the people of men of God what the Spirit is saying to you. Potesemepe, Undresabate, Siproset, Mogresaparete, Tondraso, the foe, yeah. the foe. That came before you. The enemy that sought to destroy you. The force of hell that was sent from the enemy, the, the demon of hell itself. I have crushed him. Well, this is just a small taste of what happens when you expose this movement. They go on the attack big time with threats after threats after threats. But they're not done. There's a good guy who's on our side, Dr. Joseph Chambers, who came out with a video called Is Benny Hinn Possessed of Devils? I would like to play a bit of that because I think he says it much better than I can say it right now. And then he's going to follow it up with uh, the rest of the audio from this Benny Hinn crusade where Benny decides to jump in himself and curse those who have exposed him again with that strange voice that speaks through him when he comes under this anointing. Just take a listen to the good guy, Dr. Joseph Chambers, as he explains what's going on here. Now this is one of the most important parts of this video that you will see. Benny Hinn is extremely upset at his enemies. He's been preparing all of them for some minutes now on the video. You've only saw excerpts of it. But he's been preparing them for this cursing of his enemies. He's been preparing them for him to just really, really scare the socks off of anybody that would unknowingly say something or in any way be contrary or speak contrary to Benny Hinn. 
So he curses his enemies. He actually says, I, I curse my enemies, or those who are enemies of this program. Now, th- this is strange, because you and I know there's no biblical basis for this. There's no biblical foundation for this. He, he's very upset. Now, people who maybe don't know would think, man, I must not open my mouth. What will happen to me? At the same time, he blesses those who agree with him and those who support him and those who give him his allegiance. Now, all of this is strange. Now, please notice the voice, the guttural voice. Benny Hinn changes his whole voice. He goes into a guttural voice. He says in one place, in this video, I don't think we have this for, to be a part that you will see, but he says that when he's on the stage and he's anointed, that he doesn't even recognize himself. It's very different from how he sees himself, and he hardly knows himself. Now, I thought that very strange. But listen to this guttural voice. You can tell, and I'm convinced, it is a demon spirit. There's a spirit of Satan speaking, a demon spirit, that's proclaiming and declaring judgment against anybody that would disagree with this new wave, false anointing, that is spreading over this nation and spreading over the church world, really. Very scary. I tremble when I listen to this. I tremble for the multitudes of people who are falling hook, line, and sinker into it. Let's go. It's quite about a four-minute little clip. I want you to listen. I want you to hear what he says. I want you to hear how he ends this time when he so-called prophesies and pronounces either judgment or curse or blessing. Listen. This lady has multiple very serious medical problems. First, she has scleroderma. That's the condition of her skin that makes her skin real tight where she can barely... She can barely bend her fingers. They're so tight. She also has... I'm not listening to you right now. I'm listening to the master right now. Take the fire on you, doctor. Whatever sickness is there, the demon must bow to the name of the master, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus! Yes, Lord, I'll do it. I place a curse on every man and every woman that will stretch his hand against this anointing. I curse that man who dares to speak a word against this ministry. But any man and any woman that raises his or her hand in blessing towards this ministry, I bless that man. I bless that home. I bless that family. Any man, any woman, any person that raises his tongue in blessings towards this work, raises his tongue in blessing towards this anointing, raises his tongue in blessing towards this servant of the Lord, I bless them. I bless the work of your hands. I bless your life with his mighty power. I bless your home with divine protection. 
I bless your children with long life. And I bless you with length of days. I bless you with health and healing. I bless you with prosperity. I bless you with the very presence of Almighty God. I, His servant, bless you. In the name of the one I serve. I bless thy people tonight in Denver. Lift your hands and receive that blessing, people. I rarely ever do what I'm doing now. This is the Holy Ghost on me telling me to do this. I bless you. I bless your homes, your life, your future, your children. May every attack of Satan against you be destroyed. May every plan of hell be destroyed against you. And every plan of God be established. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Under this anointing, the words I speak cannot fall to the ground. Under this anointing, everything I say happens. What you're about to hear is a collage, a collection of the threats that were dished out by those who were in the Word Faith Movement against those who have been exposing the movement. And uh, some of these you've already heard, some of these you haven't heard. You'll be hearing from Paul Crouch, the Jack of Spades. You'll be hearing from Benny Hinn. You'll be hearing from Kenneth Copeland. And uh, just take a listen, and, and we'll prepare to end this message. Heretic hunters, these guys who spend their lives straightening us all out doctrinally, they're going to go straight to hell. They're going to absolutely... Several people that I know have criticized. Some of them are dead right today in an early grave because of it, and there's more than one of them got cancer. Let me say something else, too, and I really don't care if you like this or not. You have attacked me, your children will pay for it. I think they're damned and on their way to hell, and I don't think there's any redemption for them. I say to hell with you! I say, get out of God's way. Quit blocking God's bridges. For God's going to shoot you if I don't. And I love Copeland. He's my friend. And anybody who's attacking him is attacking the very presence of God. They call it the ministry of my foot. You know, I've looked for one verse in the Bible. I just can't seem to find it. One verse that said, if you don't like him, kill him. I really wish I could find it. <laughs> You stink, frankly. That's the way I think about it. I'm sorry. I'm not exactly the normal kind of guy, you know. I'm from Israel. Sometimes I wish God would give me a Holy Ghost machine and I'd blow your head off. Now, very quickly, let's cover some of the doctrines that this group teaches very quickly. One of the doctrines they teach, which is totally against Scripture, is that Jesus had to be born again in the pit of hell. Here is the guru, Kenneth Copeland. Now listen, 
from the book of Acts all the way through all of the epistles, all the way through the revelation of John, Jesus is no longer called the only begotten Son of God. He's called the firstborn from the dead. He's called in the 8th chapter of Romans the firstborn of many brethren. Jesus was the first man to ever be born from sin to righteousness. He was the pattern of a new race of men to come. Glory to God. And you know what he did? The very first thing that this reborn man did... See, you have to realize that he died. You have to realize that he went into the pit of hell as a mortal man made sin. But he didn't stay there, thank God. He was reborn in the pit of hell. The righteousness of God was made to be sin. He accepted the sin nature of Satan in his own spirit, and at the moment that he did so, he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You don't know what happened at the cross. Why do you think Moses, upon the instruction of God, raised a serpent upon that pole instead of a lamb? They used to bug me. I said, why in the world you got to put that snake up there, the sign of Satan? Why didn't you put a lamb on that pole? The Lord said, because it was the sign of Satan that was hanging on the cross. He said, I accepted in my own spirit spiritual death, and the light was turned off. The spirit of Jesus accepting that sin and making it the big sin, he separated from his God, and in that moment, he's a mortal man, capable of failure, capable of death. Not only that, he's fixing to be ushered into the jaws of hell. And if Satan is capable of overpowering him, there he'll win the universe, and mankind is doomed. Don't get the idea that Jesus was incapable of failure, because if he had been, it would have been illegal. Now remember, the guru got what he learned from Kenneth Hagin. Now listen how these two messages sound the same. God came down to the cool of the day of the Garden of Eden to commune and fellowship with him as he had in the past, and, and he couldn't find him. He called out to him, Adam, where are thou? He said, I hid myself. Why? Because he had sinned. Because, you see, first, sin separates you from God. Secondly... By sinning, by listening to the devil, he took upon himself the nature of the devil into his spirit being. See, when you're born again, you take upon yourself the, the nature of God. Hallelujah. Which is life and peace. But the nature of the devil is hatred and lying. See? Well, Jesus tasted death, spiritual death. For every man. See, sin is more than a physical act. It's, it's a spiritual act. And so, he became what we were, that we might become what he is. Praise God. And so, therefore, his spirit was separated from God. Why did he need to be begotten or born? Because he became like we were, separated from God. Because he tasted spiritual death for every man. 
and his spirit, the inner man, went to hell in my place. Can't you see that? Physical death wouldn't remove your sins. He's tasted death for every man. He's talking about tasting spiritual death. Jesus is the first person that was ever born again. Why did his spirit need to be born again? Because it was estranged from God. One of the things that ensnares people is this doctrine that the word faith people teach that Jesus was rich. Therefore, people start striving for riches and end up getting themselves deeper in debt. But here's some of the word faith teachers trying to push this doctrine that Jesus was rich and that if you'd only send them money, you will somehow have this great increase and also listen to how they twist the scriptures to try to present this message that all of us are supposed to be somehow wealthy with big cars and fancy clothes. The whole point is I'm trying to get you to see to get you out of this malaise of thinking that Jesus and the disciples were poor and then relating that to you, thinking that you as a child of God have to follow Jesus. The Bible says that he has left us an example that we should follow his steps. That's the reason why I drive a Rolls Royce. I'm following Jesus' steps. See, there's lots of people who want to harvest just because I've had people say to me, Well, Brother John, I'm in such need. Why doesn't God move? Well, God moved on need 2,000 years ago. He's not moving on need now. If he was moving on need today, he'd only move in India. I mean, India would be a hotbed of revival right now if he was just moving in need. I mean, miracles would be coming off the trees in India because there's desperate need in India. But he moves in some of the most affluent neighborhoods right around this place more than he moves in the neediest places. He handled need 2,000 years ago. Today, God moves in faith. When faith in his provision from 2,000 years ago you see? Yeah. Now, he didn't just provide for my salvation, he provided for my healing. He that was uh, knew no sin became sin that I might be righteous. He that knew no sickness bore my diseases that I might be well. And he that was rich became poor, he that, that became poor that I might be rich. That cross provided a threefold dimension of redemption for me. This is offering week. And what we've been talking about is you, to have that superabundance, you're going to have to realize that your money is seed. But keep this in mind about seed. Seed won't grow in bad ground. And if it does grow, it won't bring much of a harvest. But thank God for the Kenneth Copeland ministry. It's the good ground where 30, 60, 100-fold comes forth. And I'm going to encourage you right at this time to get your seed. Did you get that? Your money. Get your seed ready to put into this wonderful ministry. You just write a letter to Kenneth Copeland, drop that check in with it. I need to correct myself. Don't drop the check in. Drop the seed in. Your money is seed, remember. Here's what I'm asking you. Tonight, believe God. Believe God and say, God, I believe that you can give me that $1,000. This year, it might be several payments that I make, but this year... I'm going to put into the gospel as a seed to get me out of debt. I'm going to plant a $1,000 seed. Now, you can plant more, 4000 5000 10000 whatever God says. But I'm feeling in my spirit. And I'm going to just pray a prayer at the end of this session. I'm going to pray a prayer to break the prior debt and to release that $1,000 into your hands. You say, Brother John, can I believe you? Well, the Bible says, believe the prophet, so shall you prosper. Now, child of God, I'm asking you, Go to the phones, make the call right now, quickly, 
ask the person to write down your pledge, and please consider saying, I can trust God for the $1,000. Child of God, you committed to the bank, you committed to the lending institutions, you committed to, the, to this, you committed to the salesman that came to the door, you've bought on time and bought on time and made commitments, and it's got you deeper and deeper and deeper in debt. I'm telling you tonight, if you will make a commitment to God in this $1,000 gift, I'm telling you, you watch what will happen. God will put it in your hand, and God will blow you quickly out of debt. Could we hear from you right now? You go to the phone, and we're going to sing some more, then we're going to come back again, and then we're going to pray the prayer. And if you hadn't called, you, we'll just not be able to have you in the prayer if you hadn't called. So let's get ready to sing now. Steve's going to sing. Satan, yeah, this is a good one. Satan, you're a liar. All right. If you read the scriptures, you come to find Jesus did have a house. Uh, John 1, 35, 36, 37, right in there, says that uh, they, they, he invited them to come see his house. Uh, foxes have holes and the birds there, the nest have their... Uh, the birds there have the nest. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Is not a declaration that Jesus didn't have a house. It simply, if you'll read a few verses above that, it meant that the Samaritans canceled the meeting that he was going to, if you remember the account. And uh, in those days, there wasn't a Holiday Inn on every corner. You didn't just, you know, check into the hotel. If, you, if your advance men got canceled, then you walked to the next meeting and had to take up there. And it's, it's very clear that he had a house. Uh, uh, the, the Bible states he had a house. Jesus had a nice house, a big house, big enough to have company stay the night with him at the house. You, look, let me show you his house. Go over to, go over to John, the, the first chapter, and I'll show you his house. See, these traditions, they make the Word of God of no effect. They, 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 uh, look with me now. Uh, we're in the 30, 35th verse here. Uh, we start, yes. John 1, 35. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples... And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, Mark this, What seek ye? What are you looking for? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? Question. What are you boys looking for? We want to see where you live. Jesus said unto them, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He said, come see. Come see. I'll show you where I live. And they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Now, child of God, that's a house big enough to have company stay the night in. There's his house. I hope you all have enjoyed this message, and I hope you've been able to take in a lot of information. Take this message, spread it to your friends, and let them know what it's all about. For those of you out there who've gotten caught up in the Word Faith movement and you realize now that you've been had by these guys and ladies, I want you to know that there is still hope. You can come to Jesus Christ. He can forgive you. Ask Him to forgive you. He'll do it. He is the only one qualified to do it. These Word Faith guys can't save your soul. Only Jesus can. I want to give credit to all of those who assisted in putting this message together, and these people are Jacob Prock, Mike Oppenheimer, and Sandy Simpson of the Spirit of Truth or the Spirit of Error video. We want to thank Dr. Joseph Chambers of Paul Creek Ministries, Laurie and Keith McGregor of McGregorMinistries.org, Jim Zalanka, 
of Cultivate Ministries. And my good friend over at CSIS Ministries, thank you so much for all the help you've given. We could not have done it without you. For those of you who want this message on CD, it'll take two CDs to do it. Download it to your hard drive and burn it to a CD at the Underground Christian Network. Dot com.